The Bazaar is an explicit radio program, listener discretion is advised. Welcome! Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. Joining me this evening I have Kevin and Jennifer Sluder. They are a powerhouse couple making fine movies with Sunshine Boy Productions and they are here with me this evening. Welcome to the show Kevin and Jennifer. How are you? Uh, doing great man. Thanks for having us on. Yeah really excited to be here. Absolute pleasure now to have you on and today I suppose we will be discussing your recently released short Heartless which I had the opportunity to watch and it was great fun otherwise he wouldn't be on talking about it <laughs> ah, super that's cool. a good time <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was a gotcha moment there <laughs> just grilly for an hour welcome on <laughs> so just for the guys in the audience who might know who we are would you be able to give a little bit of background about who you are and what you do just fill in the blanks for us a little bit to start uh, um, I'm Kevin Sluter. I'm a writer, producer, now director. Heartless was the first thing I ever directed. Uh, it's a short film, a short horror film. Uh, my company specializes in um, uh, horror films, low budget and medium budget sci-fi films that I write myself. Um, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've produced a few things and, and getting ready to do a feature soon. And yeah, so kind of kind of a company on the up, as you would say. Excellent. Yeah. It's all very exciting. Jennifer, yourself, where are you coming from? Yeah. So, yeah, um, my, my day job is actually a little different. It's a pediatrician, uh, so oh, and I love and adore that side of my work. Thank you. Um, and nights and evenings are spent uh, doing my creative love with the company. Uh, turns out I, I love learning new things, and it's been a, a very fun journey trying to figure out how to help the company and uh, learning web design, marketing. That's, that's what I do. So between a pediatrician and a recent directorial debut, what was happening before all the filming then for mm. yourself? <laughs> she, oh, man, she was keeping me calm. <laughs> it was like, it's like laying on the floor, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, getting my head together before we went to the shoot. But uh, no, she also, I mean, you can talk about what you did on the, uh, on the, on the shoot, too. But no, um, it, was, it was a collaborative effort, to be sure. Um, with her and then everybody else on the, on the crew. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, mostly just her being like, you know, like, like she is with a patient, I guess. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Hey, you're going to be fine. Well, especially in pediatrics, of course, you have to keep them all calm, don't you? I suppose, was that a skill that you took in to the producing side then? Yeah, and you know what? It's kind of interesting. I think probably the only thing that I took into the producing side of it was just that, you know, just be calm because this isn't life or death. <laughs> I mean, it's critical. It's important. Like work is really great, um, but I mean, it's not life or death. So I don't get too upset about much. That I think that helps just having a calm presence on set. Um, but actually, the the two. Two parts of my world collided actually at the last film festival we were at. Um, and we were at Newport Beach Film Festival, and it was actually in our screening, our short block. Um, all, most of the movies had already played. There was only uh, one or two left, and then a person in the audience actually had a seizure. Um, and so they called for a doctor, and I popped up, and I actually had a colleague that I invited too, who also loves horror, and she and I were the ones that actually 
went to the call and helped out this individual who turns out everything turned out to be fine. Uh, but so rarely do the two worlds collide. That was a very odd circumstance. Um, most of the time it's, they're very different and it's easy to put each in their own box and, and work on each in their own way. Yeah, somebody, somebody called out, I was like, is there a doctor in the house? And, and like everybody on our road just kind of turned to me. Jen. She's already, she's already standing up and moving past me. She's like in her red carpet gown. And, and it was just, it was, it was, it was a little, little bizarre. It was a little surreal because yeah. usually you're in uh, regular like work attire. But I don't know. I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a doctor as long as they're under three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, that's funny. It was an adult that was having the problem. And my colleague was a family medicine doctor. And I was like, oh, thank God she's here. <laughs> I do kids. I do kids. <laughs> yeah, that's fab. It's funny, actually, that you say someone else had a, a seizure there. Because I was talking to someone last week and they were watching the premiere for Jurassic World. And someone had a seizure behind them as well. Seems to. Oh, oh yeah. So there's two people wow. I've talked to now back to back who've had uh, seizures in the cinema. That's very Weird. strange. That's so, Just going back a little bit in time, then again, you had the 2014 short play Violet to me. Where was that one of your first ones, or where was the? Yeah, even... that's. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt there, Rich. Um, yeah, that was the the first. Thing that I had written that was uh, produced and put on screen. I produced it, and my, my friend Matt Mercer, who acted in it as well, who plays Dino in the uh, in the Heartless short, the uh, the guy who asked uh, Stacy to smile. Uh, that guy directed Play Violet for me, and he's a really good friend of mine. And and um, we just were. I was kind of frustrated that I hadn't had anything on screen yet, so I was talking to him, and I was like, man, I just I just want to do something. And um, he's like, well, let, let's do it. So I told him that I gave him the pitch. He was like, well, that won't cost much. And I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, so we just went out, found this dive bar to, to film it in. And, and uh, yeah, and that was the first thing we uh, put together. Got a great cast, great crew. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. And that was my introduction into producing and, and, and um, later on directing. Because Matt was a great friend of mine. And I've watched him direct like four things now. So being on set, and that was the first set I was on with him. Um, it was a great opportunity, but yeah, that was where it all started. What was that one? Kevin, you're being all too modest. It's won a few <laughs> awards. Tell us about those. Well, I'm awesome. <laughs> so they, it all came about because of my awesomeness. No, you know, film is a collaborative thing and I, I just, you know, I, I, I have a hard time taking a lot of credit for it. I, I wrote the script. I was very proud of the script. Um, luckily, you know, Matt came aboard and, and he had the, the director's eye to, to bring that noir style that we were going for home. So, yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it's, it's never a, a one one man band or a one person band. You know, it's, it's just a lot of people working really hard, long hours working together and make a project come come home. So so I mean, it's you could call it modesty. I just I just see it as being you know factual about you know how how movies are made. Yeah, of course. Well, this is your power hour, so you need to gloat away for the hour. That's what it's I'll all work about. on it, man. I'll work on it. <laughs> okay, the marketing person will jump in. Yes, <laughs> it actually did win a couple of awards, and we were really proud that it went to the festivals that it did, and that we were able to build the relationships with those festivals and the festival programmers. And uh, I think it's a nice calling card for what we do. Uh, noir is such a niche uh, that I, I feel like only real fans of film um, and uh, really get into it. So it was kind of a tough sell to begin with, but. I think it's kind of a cool thing now that we've done a few others for people to get to see that as well and see sort of what our company does. And so I, I'm, I'm really proud of it as a calling card. 
Yeah. yeah, great. And would that have been the first production then under Sunshine Boy? Is that when it sort of was created? Yeah, actually, uh, it wasn't until after we had uh, wrapped shooting that um, that I was like, oh, I, I, I guess I'm a producer now. You know, <laughs> I signed off as executive producer on the film. I was like, I, I think I need a company. <laughs> so the company came about because we did the film. So, but yeah, I was like, wow, I need a, I need a, like a emblem at the, at the end of the film and I need, you know, a name for the company. So yeah, it, it came about because we did that film. Yeah, so. and also because we loved it. It was such a blast being on set and just watching these amazing professionals just take Kevin's work and, you know, just turn it into something else. Just turn, make it take it next level. Uh, so I was hooked in. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to do more of this. Yeah, so you're like, let's do it again. And we <laughs> hopped on Matt's next, uh, next uh, horror short. Yeah. Hmm. And, Kevin, how long were you writing then before that? Like, how long was that floating around your head? Have you been uh, well, consistently that, writing? Uh, yeah, I've been writing other stuff for a really long time, like sci-fi spec screenplays, like like um, things that you write absent uh, a production company that you're trying to sell on the on the larger market, stuff you can't produce yourself. Um, I've been doing that for a long time, at, at like 12, 15 years, um, off and on, probably 20. You know, I started writing in college, um, like writing screenplays, um, but like taking it seriously writing for real uh, I would say last five years is where you know I started taking classes and, and getting really serious about it getting consultations and working on my craft um so but uh play Valley for me is the first short I ever wrote um but that one took I guess about a, about three weeks a month or so to to get it down uh, with all the the stylist stylist stylistics um since I had the noir and I had the uh, the fractured narrative, which was a little little tough, but I think it's about yeah three weeks or so to get it from you know first idea to ready to show people and and yeah and then then it went through some revisions all the way up until like two days before we shot. Um, there was a line that I, my favorite line in the whole thing was uh, I thought it up after a meeting with Matt like right before we were getting ready to shoot. So you know it's, it's writing from the time you think it up up until you know somebody says cut on on the last day (laughs) great and jennifer then you obviously had the medical background but kevin you were hinting i'm trying to keep chipping away uh, at the granite kevin here (laughs) (laughs) it's a wall richard you'll never get through you'll never touch me man (laughs) a tough onion so in college then you were saying you're doing screenwriting what were you doing in college was it film related or journalism or english or what was it uh, it was a radio, television, motion pictures degree, and um, it was. I actually went to school to do uh, radio uh, broadcast management, like to run a radio station, because I love music, and I was like, well, let's do that. Um, so I was taking courses in that regard, and, and then I started taking film theory courses that got me further into taking the screenwriting courses, which led to the directing courses and acting courses and that sort of stuff, and then I was like, okay, that that's something I'd love to do. But I was hedging my bets, seeing as it was a, um, a liberal arts degree, and took a bunch of courses to get kind of a business minor, which have kind of, and I didn't get a business minor, but I got enough business education that I was able to, you know, run a business after that and then start my own business um, lately. So, yeah, but uh, it was a it was a film related degree um, that kind of took in a, a lot of other things. 
Great, but man. it wasn't wasn't like it wasn't like you know AFI film school you know me walking around with a camera and all that sort of stuff. It was more um, theory of film and why films are made and what they're supposed to mean and what they do mean and and um, and that was always interesting to me. Just kind of looking at why stories are told in the way that they're told and, and how they're told. Great, and I suppose I love getting like the full picture. So I'm going to ask Jennifer this question: How did you manage sure. to cross paths in the end? Oh. <laughs> Wait, did we did we meet in a pool hall or a frat party? <laughs> we, we were in college together. We didn't we didn't meet, we didn't meet in the pool hall. I no. saw you in the pool oh, hall and I talked to my friend and, and I was like me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, see now the horror's coming out. Receipt. I didn't want to talk I knew about it, this. I knew stuff. it. Yeah. But now I was I was I was with my friend and she was uh, best friends with my friend's girlfriend. So yeah. we were in the pool hall and I was like, Who's that playing pool right there? She's awesome. And uh, but I didn't talk to her because, you know, I'm I'm artistic guy and I'm just like, Oh, I can't do it. Um Artistic but, or autistic? Yeah, we were <laughs> yeah, artistic. Uh yeah, so then um actually we we were on a it was a, a group date and I was actually with, I was on a date with another girl, but Jen was at the table and I just ended up talking to her more because it was just, it was a horrible date. It was a horrible date. Uh, but I met Jen on that and that was awesome. And I asked her out, but she was dating somebody. Uh, so it wasn't until the next semester that the frat party happened that oh, I went right. to with, with my best friend and, and her best friend who were dating. They went off and, and did whatever, talking, whatever, enjoying the party, and I just ended up talking to Jen, and the rest is history. I asked her yeah. out, and <clears throat> she came over, and the best friend had a lot to do with that, though, because I, I I was talking to her on the phone. I remember this, and I was still like, oh, I just, I don't know. She's so she's so beautiful. I don't know if she's going <laughs> to like me. And your, uh, Bindu said, uh, no, I think you'd be surprised. And I was like, really? I got the green light? Oh, my God, let's do this. So then I called her up, and oh, my God, I just went all out. I just made dinner for her. I showed up with a suit and a rose, and, yeah, I was just like, do not let her get away. <laughs> yeah, like, Lock cooked, it down. He cooked dinner for me and watched Casablanca, and here we are 25 years later. I absolutely yeah. love it. That's your next screenplay now, <laughs> the story. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. You get the, you get the story credit, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't write it, thankfully. <laughs> Adaptation. <laughs> so I suppose we can move on then to the genesis of Heartless. Uh, would you like to, Jennifer, I suppose, give the outline of what people could expect? Because I don't know. It's not wide release yet. Sure, It's not. It's just press at the minute. <clears throat> yeah. Um, right now uh, we're at film festivals and uh, we played eight so far. And... Um, we uh, just recently found out that we got into ScreenFest again, which is going to be our third year with a short film there. We're really proud of that one. That's a big L.A. horror festival. Um, and there's a few more we can't announce just yet. And we're hoping we're hoping if things go well that we'll have a pretty big fall, uh, October being uh, horror Christmas and all. We've got a bunch we've put out, too. So um, we're hoping that there's going to be a lot of chances for people to see it soon. And uh, after that, it'll be online for sure. Okay. And then... Just a brief synopsis then of what we're in store for for people in the future when it's out. Oh yeah, dude, it's it's my okay. He's synopsis guy. I'm synopsis guy. <laughs> I'm a marketing person. Uh, it's, it's a modern take on Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. Um, it's about uh, an ad exec who's giving a, a presentation while the uh, horrific secret of what she did the night before uh, starts eating away at her at her conscience. So um, I think it's nice. It's fun. It's funny. It's it's bloody. Um, 
yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's a cool ride for for anybody who loves Poe and and loves American Psycho. It borrows a little bit from that. Um, yeah, I think it's it's kind of a a, a different kind of horror movie. Um, mm. We really dig it. And I'm wondering. <clears throat> How deep can we discuss the film today? Because obviously you're the producers and directors, so I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So you, you tell me, where can we go today? Oh, I'll, yeah, just I guess uh, like just individual moments. We can we can dance around those, but uh, you know we can we can talk about the effects. It's a gory movie, um, and uh, we did that on purpose, and uh, we had some great people doing that with us. Um, yeah, just uh, I guess I guess far away, and we'll 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 dance. Okay. And, well, uh, yes, see, I'll see I'll do my own dance of dancing <laughs> between the spoilers here. So, right, cool. I guess I kind of started off, and I wasn't really too sure where it was going, like tonally, and then of course <laughs> it goes down like a very black avenue, we'll say. So that was definitely intentional, given those little laughs that I hear in the background there. <laughs> yeah. Um... It was wild when when I first thought it up. It was just like, oh, well, it'll be a simple short. She goes in, she's doing this presentation, and but then I, when I read Poe um, again, I, it had been a while since I'd read the story, but I knew it pretty well. Oh, when I was I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is really. If you actually visualize what he writes in the story, I, I was like, wow, this this is really really dark macabre stuff. Um, you know, so I, I wanted to up the humor in the office to kind of balance that out. Otherwise, it's just like a really, really dark story about a crazy person just doing crazy things, trying to convince people he's not crazy. Um, so uh, I wanted to, to balance that out and do kind of a different take on it. Um, yeah, it's just um, I kind of I kind of lost my train of thought there. <clears throat> no, you're just talking about the genesis. Oh, the genesis of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, when when I was looking at the story, it went from this kind of um, smaller piece into this more elaborate thing that was filmed in a shiny office and and had the look that it that it had. So it, it the project itself went from uh, from just the one visual I had was uh, Stacy, who I wanted to be the role from the from the get go. Uh, Stacy looking into a mirror, having done what she did the night before, and that's where it started. And then I just started filling in the different parts and the, and the different roles. And then just and then it just went where it went because I just was like, oh, well, you know, keep on keep on up in the ante, keep on keeping things entertaining. And and uh, then, yeah, it goes kind of kind of bonkers in the end. Um, but but I love it. Yeah, no, it was very fun. And I suppose it nearly is worth asking, given the current climate, when you were penning the script was it intentional that you had a female lead and then obviously there's a few office antics given the whole me too movement was that intentional or is it just life imitating art uh it, it's it's more life imitating art i, I will say um the, the genesis of it was i, I wanted a, a female uh, protagonist from the get-go i thought that was interesting and and i thought that added an extra dynamic with the stuff that she did the night before uh, we had seen adaptations of telltale heart and it was always a guy that sort of stuff the the kind of the me too side of it came from simply needing anten antagonistic forces in the office strong enough to get her to go back and remember stuff she doesn't necessarily want to remember so i was like well what if what if these guys are just dishbags? What if they are just like these, you know, cuck strong, just walk in, you know, we're just, you know, we, we run the joint and, and we could push you around and we can do what we want to you. And they have a really, really big surprise coming their way. 
Um, but the Me Too movement hadn't happened. We filmed this in June of uh, 2017. Yeah. Um, so it, it, the, the Weinstein thing had not broken. I was, you know, as far as like certain behaviors in the guys and certain things they said, um, it was kind of the year before with the 2016 election with just the back and forth on on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter, Facebook mostly, where stories were coming out. Um, you know, Jen, Jen's been asked to smile in several meetings, but I, I you know, saw like different mm-hmm. um, uh, different articles about things like that and about mistreatment of women on the job. And I was just like, they just kind of went into my head and, and came out in different moments. I tried to put as many subtly and not so subtly demeaning comments in it's only about a page and a half or so but it was just kind of like ping-ponging between these guys to see which one could could like disregard her the most and demean her the most uh, without being too over the top with it and with, you know, keeping at least a little bit of realism um but yeah it, it wasn't it, it i guess it was you know life imitating art and, and kind of um but it, it was it's yeah i I was just looking for uh, something with with Shelby's character that that was relevant for today. Um, but we dressed them like it was the '80s, which I thought was kind of cool because uh, my, my comment with that was kind of like, you know, not a lot has changed. We we think a lot has changed, but it's still very difficult on the on the workforce uh, for for women, and sometimes bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, yourself, then having watched it back did he do a good job or is it hyperbole or how did you feel about it <laughs> oh now i'm talking positive and we flip it we flip it oh okay yeah. yeah no i mean i love it i love it so much I, I sometimes we'll be watching a film that's full of blood and gore and i look and i'm like what have you done to me i love this stuff now um yeah um it, it's been it was a fun process honestly i i was involved in it uh, pretty deeply from the beginning um <clears throat> i did the um, wardrobe and uh, basically sounding board for Kevin whenever he's uh, working out his his work, whatever he's got issues with, problems with, he comes and talks to me. So um, the wardrobe was really fun to put together uh, because we did sort of model it after the 80s um, horror and also horrific individuals in 80s pictures like um, Gordon Gecko and Wall Street and, uh, of course, Christian Bale and Jared Leto uh, were some of our mo- <clears throat> our models for the wardrobe uh, and uh or uh, modeling American Psycho. So, um, yeah, I think the final product was uh, just more than I expected, actually, because of all the uh, people that helped out with it, like Josh and Sierra Russell, who did the blood effects. Um, they're just this incredible uh, husband and wife team that had been uh, had been working on many, many films, many features, and just decided to help us out, which was so wonderful. Um, so they made it look completely realistic and that was a blessing to have them on it. So I just, it was fun for me to watch Kevin put the team together and for everybody to hop on board and get so excited about helping him make this product a realization. And, uh, I think it really comes through. I, uh, I'm biased of course, but I feel like the product is definitely more than the sum of its parts because people just gave it their extra effort. So yeah, I like it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It was very fun. And then I suppose, just as it comes to me, location-wise, was it actually filmed in a real office block there? And even the house that was used, because it was very minimal location-wise, but it was done very well. So where were those locations? Uh, yeah, we, we've been very fortunate uh, uh, to, to have friends that were willing for us to uh, to film in, in their house. Um, like Play Violet for me, uh, half of that is was filmed in my friend Eric's house. 
so this one was uh, I actually thought up the short on the way home from a shoot in the house uh, that we we filmed Heartless. Uh, it's our friends uh, Brian Ricky and, and uh, Melissa Vitello, um, and I, w- I was just in that house and was like that that would be really cool. I actually when I was first writing it, it was keeping it more in tune with the original story with the whole floorboards and all that, and it's that that would have had to have been a set or something. It's you know, and um, I just went away from that and then moved it in the backyard. I was like, hey, Brian and Mel have a backyard. Hey, let me <laughs> let me see if they're down for me to spray a bunch of blood all over their living room. Um, and uh, they were. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, the the office location we found on a on a website called PeerSpace. Um, and it rents it rents itself out for filming. I, I recently saw it in a in a video for a for a rock band, a uh, Fat Fallout Boy video. Yeah, the same um, location. Same location. Used. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was perfect. It's all glass. They they actually sell uh, like like sink parts or or yeah. like bathroom fixtures, <laughs> bathroom fixtures and stuff like that and that's what the office and, is and they don't even use the office that we shot in they don't use that for anything other than renting it out for film shoots and renting it out for meetings you can rent it for a much lower rate for a meeting just go in there have a two-hour meeting for not a lot of money um and then you can and then we actually got a pretty good rate on filming filming the short there so um yeah it just really worked out with locations we only had to look at maybe four or five before we found that one um, which that was important because sometimes you're just like I've had friends going up to a shoot and they don't have their location and it's like two days until shooting. Um, so we were very fortunate to get the location locked down probably about two weeks before we went went to shoot. Mm. And then I suppose given the subject matter, were you drawing that from your own life experience of wanting to cave one of your colleagues' heads in or where did it come from? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so corporate life and I uh, we we had a we had a mixed relationship. <laughs> uh, I, I did well. I, I was happy with the work that I did. Uh, it just wasn't really something that fit with me. So may, maybe it was a stab at kind of corporate ideals and corporate ways of doing things. Um, but it, I, it was it was more just kind of taking the story into that atmosphere and and just taking shots at the current climate, um, more than like personal experience. Um, but I have, uh, you know, every now and then I've I've wanted to get somebody to shut up when they're giving me shit in a meeting. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Plus I think that makes it a little, a little more universal too, because obviously we have a female, uh, lead, but, um, I've had lots of people come up to me after festivals and particular, there was this one, um, white, white guy who came up and he's like, so, so is it only supposed to be for, you know, women? Cause this is, you know, the whole me too era. And I was, I was like, no, you know, we were really hoping it was going to be universally, uh, responded to because everybody's been in that situation where you've had a superior for whatever reason, who's treating you like crap and you just want to punch their lights out you know so i feel like th- even though it is clearly um a representation of what's happening and uh a good thing that's happening that all this is coming to light and people are able to come forward but it was really more about universal themes of uh just want to striking get a blow for the oppressed workers is what i was going for <laughs> richard it oh, was no. the, uh, that was my main goal it was just like rally let's do it uprising yikes yikes <laughs> And I suppose I'm making a habit of it now uh, today, just reflecting it back on yourselves again, seeing as you work together on the film, were there ever tensions between you while making it or was it all good? 
the whole way through. Never. <laughs> Never. Sounds like a good husband. Ever. <laughs> Great M- most, of the attention, <laughs> most of the attention was like me just being like, uh, just trying to get everything together and keeping it together and, and just kind of like, ah! and, and Jim being like, it's okay, it's okay. And I was like, it's not okay. It's not okay. No. Like, but uh but mostly yeah we, we never really you know we were kind of on the same page we both wanted to be a, a good film so yeah not not a lot of drama there it was, it was mostly just um yeah keep keeping me in check yeah well i think honestly it helps because our skills are pretty complementary and really don't overlap much so it it helps that i don't really have any creative input um, and except if there's something in the wardrobe or something production design wise that I'd like to help out with, but it, it just helps that Kevin's the writer, director, producer, and I'm, I'm the supportive role. So it really, it just doesn't come up much. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I tried my hand at wardrobe and, and one of the, one of the first outfits I, I picked <laughs> was just horrendous. Uh, and I even got my actor in it and it was horrendous. And I was like, all right, you know what? Here's what I want. Um, just, just do it. <laughs> just, just do it. I, yeah. And then she came back with just these amazing pairings, and I was like, that was that was good delegation right there, because it would have been a much different movie with with uh, the the um, the dude that's sitting beside that. There's two guys on one side. The dude is this closest to uh, our protagonist. His, his first outfit was just awful. Yeah. Uh, but we ended Jen ended up getting the Gordon Gecko thing. We we went through, we found pictures on Google of Gordon Gecko and I was like, that's a combo. That's great. See if we can find that. And then Jen just like went through H and M finding all that stuff. So yeah, complimentary skills was important because I might have I might have actually blown a gasket if the wardrobe had been what I had chosen. <laughs> if they showed up on set. It's like the, the actor was obviously uncomfortable. He's like actually he came out and he was like, Wow, you're you're really going full on douchebag with this outfit. <laughs> I was like, oh man, my actor thinks it's horrible. This is this is not going well. Um but yeah there's always little little uh issues going along but uh I always had people that uh you know helped out. So Great. I suppose, yeah. It's a real yin and yang vibe I'm getting off the two of you now. You seem to pair off well. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that sums it up because really, I don't think either one of us thought we would be making film when we came out here. Kevin came out to write and I came out to be a doctor and we got on set with Violet and loved it and wanted to do more. And we're just like, okay, how do we make that work? Like, what do we do? And just just in, in the process of figuring out, we found out that you know, I, I love to do web design and take the beautiful cinematography pictures, the stills, and turn them into these beautiful websites and uh, do the marketing, reach out to people. I love being social. So it just it just sort of worked out, like Kevin being the head of it and being in charge of the direction of where the company takes, you know, where we go, what we do. And uh, I'm just like trying to figure out how to support that. I try not to suck. <laughs> then, then, uh, then she'll have a hard time promoting that. <clears throat> no worries there. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was genuinely really good fun. Like, there's definitely a feature film hiding there. Do you think you'd be able to expand it in some way? Yeah, that's that's interesting. We uh, we were flying to uh, the the Oxford Film Festival where uh, where uh, Heartless premiered, and. Um, we just Jen just whipped out her laptop and was like, "Hey, let's just come up with a heartless outline." So we we do have sort of a outline. We would we would take it in a different direction because it's it's pretty fast and furious in the short, and you would need 
more of a build. Uh, there was a side of the of the Shelby character, the protagonist in it, that I wasn't able to explore that much. Um, although um, her identical dress with um, with the uh, with the, her coworker kind of gives the hint that that there's more going on than just the animosity. But I, I would work an obsession level into it kind of like single white female or that sort of thing so then it'd be more single white female american psycho um and probably throw some more comment about you know modern workplace dynamics and that sort of thing and and um but the the gore wouldn't be as like i mean it's it's there's seven gore effects in a in a basically ten and a half minutes of film so it's it's pretty intense so we would have to for a feature we would have to play around with that a little bit narratively to uh but still have the the impact that i would want it to have and it would i mean it's the telltale heart it, it can't not be gory and you're just not you're just not doing it the way it should be done so but yeah we've we've thought about a feature i've thought about it a bit and there's been a couple of reviews that have hinted at it so uh, thank you it's a, it's a huge compliment um and uh thank you very much yeah <laughs> Great stuff. No, it's just like, hey, your short should be a movie. It's like you just don't get that all the time. And it's, it's like a, that's a huge, huge compliment. No, it is very fun. And then I suppose you are mentioning the American psycho influences, but gore wise, where were you coming from there? Like Evil Dead, kind of over the top, Spatterhouse. Where were you coming with that? <laughs> okay, let's let's see if we can discuss this without giving anything away. So the first gore effect um, was not going to be quite like it was um but i did not explain myself as well as i should have so um the apparatus was built in a way that that was the way it was going to be okay um so it it wasn't necessarily an adjustment on set because I, I had them there and they they had all the blood with them and they they just it was like buckets so it, it i could do what i they even had like you know body parts and stuff so it, it just they had everything in reserve i could go whichever way um, but with the way that first blood effect went, I was like, okay, so so this is where we are. All right, this is where it's going to be. So then in the direction in scenes in the backyard, um, you know, it was basically like, well, how far do we go? And I was like, well, further than we went in the house, which was pretty far. <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of went there. It wasn't necessarily in, inspired by Evil Dead, but it kind of ended up. It was more uh, the visual I had was Carrie, um, you know, yeah, because she's yeah. the oppressed teenager and the oppressed office worker. I wanted that correlation. So, but it does end up pretty Evil Dead. Not to remake Evil Dead. It's not quite that bad, <laughs> but uh, it's um, it. <laughs> I you're you're the second person this week that said something about Evil Dead in reference to it, which I think is a great compliment because it's complimenting the the gore i think so yeah but, but yeah i would say brain dead by uh what's your man's name <laughs> new zealander yes. can't think of his name peter jackson yeah yeah, yeah it's, it um the the office stuff it, it was it was while we actually toned down a little of that um believe it or not the the big um the cleaning bill the would have been set. horrendous <laughs> <laughs> the big thing is like the the uh the makeup people were like you you can't do that it's like it's it's just I, I wanted like all sorts of like body parts and stuff and and you know we we came up with with what it ended up being um but uh, yeah I, it, yeah so i guess the, now that i'm talking about it more i, I think it was going to be a, a gory film from the beginning and I, and I knew it and i brought them in specifically because of that but it's one thing to write it and it's another thing to see it on set with an actress just nailing that particular aspect of the performance that just really, man, it's, it's wild. I remember the first time, um, I, I saw Stacy who, uh, 
uh, plays Shelby in Heartless. She was in another short we did called Feeding Time, and that's one that Matt directed. Um, it's the first time I had seen someone scream on on set, um, and they're such great actors, and it's so real. And I, it's, it's, she screams, and, and it was at this countertop, and we were having a problem with the dolly, so I had to hold the dolly for, for the director of photography to keep it steady. So I'm like crouched down looking up, and she's probably, you know, seven feet away from me just going through this amazingly intense scary moment and she and, and i just did not I, I knew it was coming from the script but it just didn't place it in my head and then all of a sudden she's like ah! just screaming like she's dying and i was like oh god <laughs> and it was kind of like that with the first blood effect in harless it's like one of my friends he's a he's a director but he uh he does like rom-coms and stuff like that and and he was watching it live and and he was like oh god Okay, he kind of like turns around, and then his other friends at this great. He's like, you know, it's not real, right? It's, it's gonna be okay. But yeah, it's like, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so, the, this won't give anything away either. But the sound effects uh, for the blood hitting the floor for that first effect, none of that was foley. That was literally all on the day. It was so disgusting. Yeah, we we actually toned that down it, a little it bit. Hit, but it, <laughs> it was hitting off of the hardwood floor and just. <laughs> Torrents. Yeah. It was so gross. I'll have to go back and listen now for that authentic splash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we that's that's what that was going to be the first name of our company, Authentic Splash Productions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Come to us for all your authentic blood splashes. And then I suppose, yeah, just mentioning the name there, where did the name Sunshine Boy come from? So the name came from actually kind of a, I'd had a bad day. Uh, I, when I was talking about writing these larger spec screenplays, it was just like a, a bigger sci-fi thing. And I thought that I was going to get signed by one of the major agencies in, in LA. Um, they were reading it. I thought, yes, this is all right, cool. We're going to get this big movie done. This before I'd ever produced anything. And it's the, actually the reason that I did play Violet for me was this rejection that I got. But it was it was rather disheartening because they'd had it for like three months and I'd just been like going over it in my mind and I had another thing to pitch to them and I was ready to go and it's like boom I'm gonna be this big Hollywood writer and it's gonna be awesome and they rejected me and Jen came in from work and was like how how was your day and I was like you know what fuck it let's just travel the globe solving crime and she <laughs> just like without even blinking she was like uh, well what will our uh, nicknames be. Yeah, or superhero or names be. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're a logistics girl because you always figure out everything. And so I'd be like, but I'm like, I'm Sunshine Boy because I should be cheering you on. <laughs> so then I told that story to my friend JP, who was also in Play Violet for me. Uh, I told that story to my friend JP and he started calling me that. He had that as my name on his phone, like when I would call <laughs> and he was like, Sunshine Boy. So after Violet, which he was in, we were running together. And um, I was like, hey, I think I think I want to start up a, a production company. And as soon as I said, there's like such a boy productions. And <laughs> it's just kind of it just kind of stuck and it's different. And, and we make really like dark, bloody movies. And I thought it's slightly ironic. And and but I'm a I'm a sunny guy for the most part. And, and I have a very happy life. So, you know, and, and also the company itself likes to support other artists. So we, we came up with the uh, the moniker, let the artist shine. Yeah, so it was, it was those kind of things came together, and and then the company itself took the name and was like, hey, you know what? Let's go out and help out some filmmakers. One of the one of the shorts that we executive produced just won an award yesterday, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool. We found some really great filmmakers to work with. Yeah, so I, I didn't want it to be kind of 
like I, I don't know. Um, I want it to be kind of a group thing where, where we're all a bunch of friends making movies together, and 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 it's been that so far, and it's been great. Great, and I suppose then genre-wise, you were mentioning you're penning some sci-fi, obviously produce some horror. Are you going to broaden that horizon, or what's the sort of wheelhouse of genres for Sunshine Boy? Um, it's it's pretty much sci-fi and horror. Uh, the the larger budget ones I, I do are uh, are sci-fi, and I just option one of those. Um, so we'll see where where that goes as far as getting it set up with a with a distributor and a production company. Um, and I have another sci-fi that I'm writing after the horror thing that I'm writing now. So it seems to be the wheelhouse that I'm in now. Um, I enjoy it. I, I love those films, and and I do have like you know a, a romantic kind of super hyper realism drama that's later on though it's like i kind of have it planned out the way way i want it to go and these are the genres that are really driving me right now um play valid for me was kind of outside of that since it was a film noir um but that was also a love of mine as well but yeah i just I just i'm drawn to the the darker side of life and the stories and and, and so i find those more uh, more real and more entertaining and so yeah so that'll be my thing jennifer would you be into the sci-fi and horror what's, what's your preference oh yeah i sci-fi is my favorite i mean but i love of course so many elements of sci-fi combine horror like um my favorite movie is aliens um and my favorite horror is the shining i love the psychological aspect of it um yeah i just feel like there's a couple things about horror and sci-fi in particular horror and sci-fi they just have the greatest stakes life and death there's just not much else out there that a rom-com will satisfy for me and then once we started doing the film uh, the started the production company and started hanging out with all our friends and going to see their movies i was like wow you know what where independent horror is where the interesting filmmaking is happening like the stories are unique um the characters are incredible um and you never know where it's going to go so uh, and so, so I've I've really fallen in love with independent horror. Um, it's uh, I always sort of like classic horror, um, and I was a little worried when we started getting into horror. I was like, oh, can I handle this? And uh, turns out I actually love it. So, yeah, horror and sci-fi, they rock. Mm. And I suppose as head of marketing, then what are the plans for Heartless? Do you want to get a distributor? Or get it on Amazon? What's the plan? Um, sure. Well, Kevin also directs all of that too. Like we just sort of talk stuff out and figure out where he wants to go with it. Um, we've had some discussions about it. Yeah. Ideally we would love it to be on something big like Shutter, Amazon, iTunes, that kind of thing. Yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll run into somebody at a festival that wants to help out with that or we'll, if not, we'll figure it out ourselves. That's kind of what we do. Mm. And I suppose you were mentioning something in the pipeline. What are the next few projects we can be looking forward to i know heartless isn't out yet for the general public but uh i'm itching for more oh, <laughs> oh that, that's nice. really cool man <laughs> i you. can't tell you anything <laughs> it's all top secret <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no i i had the uh it's an independent horror film that uh, hopefully um i'll have the opportunity to direct this one and it's a it's a survival drama about a, a strange couple that um goes on a on a brief weekend vacation to to work through their their marital problems and uh the town nearby is is hit with this virus basically that that has everybody eating each other and and um so they have to survive these uh these elements outside um in in order for kind of the 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 way i was looking at it was uh it's a relationship coming together as the world outside is falling apart so 
they of course come head to head with the uh, with the people that are hit with this uh, with this disease, this horrible disease, and and uh, so ask the question about you know how far we go for the the one you love, and and um, that that's a question that really really fascinates me, and and it's fun to write. Uh, I like just asking a question and not necessarily knowing where it's going to go and seeing where the characters go and and how far they'll go and what they'll do and i wanted to do this one because there's been a lot of things about the the outbreak of a, of a virus or whatever i wanted to do this one in terms of you know um also what the people outside the the house are going through and um what it would take if if the only way that you can survive is to is to kill somebody how far do you go what do you do and kill kill them in, in the way that you have to kill them um, yeah, I, I find the the idea very very intriguing and something that I could really get behind. And, and once again, lots of gore, lots of blood, um, and, and hopefully a good story about a about a couple, um, you know, coming to terms with with who they are and, and what they're capable of doing and being um, in order to save each other. Right, and I suppose then I'll set up the question, like given we'll say the influx in the '90s and the early '90s of horrors straight to dvd meta horrors etc and you were just mentioning that you're both genre fans and getting in to the independent scene are you ever afraid then that you're just going to be retreading someone else's ground like how are you carving out your own niche within the horror do you think i i, I respond to, to horror that has these um these deep like family stories or the connection between the characters and and it's not necessarily about the kills so i i, I would want it to stand out on on that on that front where um it's it's a it's a story not just about the 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 main characters but the the people that are afflicted with this and it's just kind of a reaction to a lot of the the um the outbreak kind of stories where killing is rather arbitrary and and I wanted it to be more of a, a contemplation about what uh, what what would you do, you know, if if the only way you could save your wife is is to kill somebody, or um, how far would you go? What uh, and the people outside is like, what you know, how far we how far would you go? And and th- those are just things that I think those are asking important questions like that, and 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 cool questions like that, intriguing questions. Uh, it's things that um, and along with uh, good production value and and great cast to bring home the characters is is a, is a recipe for a successful horror film, um, where it's not arbitrary kills. I think I think people are very very tired of that, um, and and they will call you out rather quickly for it. Um, and and I agree, you know. So I, I don't want it to be that sort of thing, but I do want it to be action packed, good set pieces. Um, um and and something uh pretty thrilling and entertaining so yeah i guess yeah i, I guess that answers your question i hope yeah it does. <laughs> yeah I jennifer I, oh yeah go on go ahead yeah i would like to add to that if i may just because um i love thinking about film critically and of course i adore my my husband's work and i was really curious to see where he would take horror because he mainly comes from sci-fi background from what he's been written in the past and um, I was like wondering how it would translate and how horror, horror fans would enjoy it and what they would like about it. And um, I think what's different about what Kevin does is that he likes to layer in a lot of meaning underneath everything. Um, like even the dialogue, even in picking out the wardrobe and picking out the locations, like all of it has layers and layers. and. Like whenever people would come up to him after festivals come up to both of us, it would be interesting. Each person would latch on to something different. There's like something in Heartless for everybody. Like there was this one teacher, um, he was a principal and he came up to us and he was like, oh, I hate it when people don't pay attention when I'm talking in meetings, you know? And that was the thing that he liked. And then there was another girl who came up and she said, 
I love that, like, the, the Stacy, the Shelby character, like, you know, whenever she's doing her dirty deeds, she's in control. But whenever she's just having normal human interaction, she has no idea what to do. And Kevin's like, oh, yeah, I wrote that in there. That's so cool that you, you notice that. So I feel like there's enough uh, stuff in there that just gets real deep that's different. And I think he also does a really great job of writing a fractured character, a person who has a tenuous grip on reality. And so you're kind of not sure what's there, what's not, you know, is this really real what we're experiencing? Like, I feel like he, that those are his two fortes, that he writes really layered work and the character, the, the main character usually has someone who is totally bonkers, but, but really cool and relatable. So you're like, ah, oh, you want to go on that story with them and, and see where it goes. So, I mean, obviously I'm completely biased fan, but I think that's, that might be where his, his horror filmmaking might be stand out in a crowd. Very good. And I suppose on the topic of outbreaks and everything, Jennifer, we'll just say, hypothetically, you get a call <laughs> from friends and colleagues in the medical community and they say, look, Jennifer, I have it on good authority. There's an outbreak now in California. It's kind of spreading fast. What, what's the game plan? You have an hour up on everyone. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh my God! I know, right? I'm sorry. I should I should get my survival kit together now that we're talking about all this. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, my my uh, expertise in in medicine actually has come to play a little bit in Kevin's writing. Like, um, I'll come home from work and be like, Hey, honey, if you got cut here in the neck, like, how long could you survive? And like, how how? So you know, I do inform a little bit of that. Uh, so that does help out. As far as a general outbreak, um. Yeah, I think I probably would be one of the people that survive longer. Uh, you took a test, and I would die quick, and you would die like <laughs> later on. You, she would be one of the last uh, two, you know. She yeah, would. Uh, she would be um, Daryl on The Walking Dead, you know. If you I push think, Kevin into it... the zombies, you'll break some time. <laughs> no, I would be like, oh, I'm just going to go out in the woods. How dangerous could it be? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Look before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, yeah. I said if he got infected by a zombie virus, I would let him bite me and we would walk the world together. Oh, and that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to last long at all. Don't come to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little surprise for you, Richard. <laughs> Interviewing some zombies, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose, is there anything else I glaringly missed now? Because I think we could nearly start winding down. Is there anything burning that uh, you want to talk about that I, I might have glossed over oh god yeah I could, I could talk about my feelings I guess um, <laughs> how I feel this thing went I don't know I'll have to charge you for that <laughs> no this has been no. a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> no it's been really cool I, I can't I can't think of anything uh, really off the bat Jen, Jen can talk about like Jen just did uh, um, a website for for our uh, yeah. For Heartless. Yeah. And our so, company. so the new website is up. Uh, we had just sort of a cover page up until while we were going through the festivals. And now uh, we've got a fully fleshed out website that I'm pretty proud of. It's heartlessmovie.com. So, um, yeah, I would love if your listeners check it out. And um, we're all over social media too. So, um, uh, our company website is sunshineboyproductions.com. And um, to that, you'll find links to all of our films. And um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we really do enjoy chatting with uh, other filmmakers, uh, fans of film. Um, so if they uh, reach out to us, tweet to us, uh, post a comment on Instagram, we'll be happy to chat back. So, yeah. 
Great. And I suppose you're not getting off the hook that easily. I have one last question. It's oh, all, okay. We'll have, we've had all fun and games now this evening, laughing and joking. Oh. But Uh-oh. what has been the worst criticism that you've received so far for both Heartless and everything else? Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heartless is actually um, knock on wood. It's it's uh, remained pr- pretty unscathed in the in the critical process. Um, oh, I, I will say one one thing to add. Uh, if you have any listeners in uh, in Barcelona, we are playing Phantos Freak. Uh, Heartless is playing Phantos Freak, which looks like mm-hmm. an amazing festival. It's got like this huge screen outdoors, like a music festival and and short yeah, films, and it's all so shorts. Cool. There were only 44 chosen worldwide, so I was really, really happy that Heartless was one of those. Um, so if you have listeners in Spain and they're in Barcelona or they want to go to Barcelona and see Heartless, it's playing there. And I'm super, super stoked. And, and they, they've been like a joy to, to work with. And, and I, I really love that festival. So that, um, I hope that goes well. Um, and uh, so what, what were we talking about? The music. That's what people have bumped on so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um the metal song that I that I used for uh, for the opening credits and the end credits that's been the the harshest criticism, um, which is it's not that's not that bad. It's not like it's like everything's great except the writing and the directing and the producing. <laughs> um, so I haven't had any where it's just gotten trashed, but that that's been the thing that people have bumped on. But it was a it was an allusion to uh, to funny games, um, the the original and the remake that had kind of a a calm scene that's that's followed by this this metal riff and. We tried out other music, uh, everything from like gangster rap to we had a Bad Brain song in there, and, and it's just nothing really hit the way that Dillinger song hit. Uh, and that was my friend Jose that sent that over to me because because he knew I was looking for a song, and he was like, "Try this, man." And and the fact that it says you know, "Wash that smile down" definitely helps. Um, but yeah, that's I, I don't know. I'm defending it while I'm saying that certain people, certain reviewers, have bumped on it, saying that it was out of place or whatever. But uh, I strongly disagree with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, the the harshest criticism we got is like for for play violet for me. It's on the YouTube lead. This this this, this uh, a reviewer is uh, just somebody that watched it said this makes no sense to me. <laughs> but he misspelled too, so I'm not like. <laughs> so I'm not, not I'm not too language. upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Jennifer, has anything rippled down the grapevine to your ears that was critical of the fantastic masterpiece that was Heartless? <laughs> You're too kind. Yeah, keep talking, man. Keep talking. I love it. Um yeah, no, I think that's pretty much it because um uh <clears throat> of the thirteen reviews we've had so far. Uh, people have generally seemed to like it um, and like the direction that it goes uh, because it is pretty jarring and um, gory very quickly. Um, yeah, it was mainly the song. I think uh, the people, the song was so jarring that people were just confused about why it was in there. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Fortunately, there hasn't been much it's, negative yet. It's a little foreshadowing. You can't have a Disney song in there and have the blood. It's just like you gotta have a song that's gonna be like, hey, look, everything's not as as shiny as it seems. This is gonna go some dark places. So, having a hardcore metal song in there was the way to say it's not a Disney film, you know. So, so get ready. Yeah. So that was, <clears throat> it was just I love the song. So. And yeah. I did lie. I said one more question, but I'm gonna sneak one more in. If you, right. had, if you had any advice then for anyone who was just on the fence thinking about making a movie, writing a script, what would be your advice to them? 
Um, so, so this this person you said they were on the fence about doing it or not? They're kind of like maybe that, that thinking about yeah. it. They're just wondering, you know, will I take the plunge or not? What you need? A supportive spouse. I, I would just say because you can basically film something on your iPhone, um, it, it just just go out and do it. Um, there's so many resources and, and it doesn't cost a lot to do just a regular old short people sitting at a table talking. Is it follow the Hitchcock thing and you know people at the table talking, boring. People table talking with a bomb underneath, drama. Um, so you know just you can do a simple story and you can film it. You know, film it cheaply. You can give it a shot that way. I would say just just go out and do it and see if you like it. I remember um, when I was deciding to direct, I went and talked to a couple of directors, and, and justifiably so, they said you should you should direct a couple things before you do Heartless. And I don't know, I, I'm getting up in years, so it's kind of like I, I, I didn't really want to take that time to do that, and I didn't want to do films that I that I didn't love. So um, I just said, all right, well let's just let's just do it, and if I suck at it. Then I suck at it, but I didn't spend, you know, three years doing three films that, you know, I didn't necessarily love. So find something that you, you want to say um, and go out and say it. Um, and, and if you're on the fence, just just challenge yourself to do it. Because like I was talking about earlier with with Jen is like they were a week and a half before, you know, I'm laying on the floor saying, you know, what what, what have I done? I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but then, you know, you get up from that and you get up the next morning or you get up an hour later or you go to dinner or whatever and it all gets better. And you're like, hey, you know what? Let's just go out and let's just do it. So that's the advice I have. It's like you, you don't know what you can do until you just challenge yourself to do it. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of talented friends put together a really cool team when we went out and we did something. So that that's the that's the advice that I typically give in those instances. It's like you don't know you don't you don't know if you should have stayed on the fence or hopped off the fence until you actually hop off the fence. You know that that kind of thing. But you can stay on that fence forever. Um, and you know I, I I think there there are things that people can do that they're not necessarily aware that they can do. Great. And Jennifer, then having seen someone jump off the fence and you had to put up with their shenanigans, would you recommend <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to be all in. You have to be all in. And um, I love adventures and trying new things. So we're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And my advice as a marketer and a social media person would be um, just don't be afraid to try. Um, like every Twitter account starts with no followers, every single one, you know? So just start it. Just put some cool pictures up, think up some fun tweets whatever it is you want to say, and then just start tweeting and interacting with people. And you'd be really surprised. Like uh, um, we met Lillian Sue, our PR um, unit publicist on this, uh, uh, for this film on Twitter. And uh, a lot of the reviews and other things that have come about have been relationships with Twitter. So um, yeah, my advice is the same as Kevin's, just try it. Just this interview it. came about because of Lillian. Yes, right? it, yeah, did. Okay. it did. It did, and through Twitter. It's amazing. Yeah. I know. Yep. Six degrees of Lillian. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. So, again, fantastic. Really had a good time. Thank you once again. Yeah, that was great, man. That was really fun. Yeah, thanks so yeah. much, Richard. Those are cool questions. Those are fun. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time in your evening to do this. Well, the show is all about you promoting the work and the good word of independent film and beyond i'm a big fan of horror and sci-fi so it's definitely in the right wheelhouse having indie sci-fi and horror which is basically the all-encapsulating of the podcast so thank you 
for your morning, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Have a good day for yourself. Awesome, man. Ah, cool. And that, everyone, was my chat with Kevin and Jennifer Slutter, and it was an absolute pleasure chatting with them. All their links will be in the show notes, and for me, as always, at The Fear Merchant. And until next time, take it easy. End of line.